It is finally raining. I can't believe it. And not just raining a little bit. It is raining cats and dogs. I have to see where I can walk safely without stepping into pools. They redid the pavement and the road here um, a couple of months ago. This may very well be the first test to see how this behaves when there is a lot of rain, like right now. Just stepping outside, it is a Friday morning that I'm recording this. I was up super early, at least for you know, my habits. It's not that early, but it was like 6.45. And the first thing I did was to run down to my computer, fire up OneNote, and write down the ideas that I woke up with. I, I'm pretty sure that I'm not the only one who has this. You wake up, you've been like you've been thinking about something or struggling with a, a question. Whoa, here is definitely something going on with the pavement. Like there is this river of water streaming from the the um, square in front of this uh, car company, and the the square is a little bit uh, slanted so that the water all flows to the street and that's of course where uh, it can get into the sewer however they did not create um, let's say guidance for the water so there's this impromptu river on the pavement anyway so you've been you've been thinking about something and then you cannot really figure it out you go to bed and it is as if your computer brain continues to work and without even you being aware of it and then you wake up and you have the solution. I sometimes have this with, with very specific issues where even before I go to bed, I ask myself to come up with a solution. And oftentimes that is what happens. In Dutch, we have this expression, I, I got to sleep a night over this. I think that there's a similar expression in English as well. You know, I got to sleep it over. <clears throat> that is not just um, a, um, an expression of... Uh, I need some rest first. No, it is actually the sleep itself is part of your creative process, of your uh, processing of uh, the things that you deal with. So this morning I sat down and I wrote down a pitch for an idea that I had concerning the streaming masses that we do. We've been uh, doing this for more than 10 weeks now and the Netherlands is currently on a on the verge of a new phase, or actually it just started at the beginning of this month of June. The uh, majority of the stores and restaurants and bars have reopened under very strict rules. Some of our churches have, have opened. My parish is not red yeti. Uh, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> not red yeti is not yet ready. That's what I wanted to say. I think I have the word Jedi in my mind or something. Anyway, it's still early. Um, so the uh, the two parishes that I've been assigned to have decided to postpone masses until the 1st of July so that they have more time to prepare. Um, however, for streaming, this uh, brings us also to a new phase. How long are we going to do this? Is this something that... Uh, you know, was useful for the time being, and then once the churches will reopen and people can go to Mass. Oh, I can't even go there because there's too much water on the pavement, so I have to cross the road here. 
step on, <coughs> go to the other side. I'm walking underneath some big trees, which you can hear <laughs> the, the huge drops of water. Ouch, I gotta change the position of my umbrella because it's now raining on, on my shins <laughs> and my heels. The water is streaming into my, into my shoes right now. This was so necessary, by the way. This has been one of the warmest months of May in the history of the Netherlands, and probably also in most of the world. And uh, as a result, we've had very, very little rain. So this is more than welcome. Of course, it's never going to be enough to compensate for, you know, more than a month of, of sunshine. But hopefully, it's the beginning of... Uh, somewhat more stable, balanced weather. Let me just go under the highway. Now, <laughs> another chance here that down below it will be filled with water. We'll see. Uh, are we going to continue these streaming masses or was that just a patch? Well, you know me. Of course, I made the case to the pastoral team here that of course we need to continue a, because the world is not going to be back to normal anytime soon. And B, this uh, method of reaching people and connecting and forming community has been very uh, positive and, and has allowed us to try out new things and also to gather an audience that normally would not ever go to Mass. That is mo most... You know, in, in, the best example of that is the Mass for Geeks, where um, I get reactions almost on a daily basis of people that are touched by it and um, are watching it, even though they're not religious or not Catholic or even sometimes open atheists. So that's definitely something to, to keep and uh, for... Um, Well, it turns out they have a good gutter here, so there's no water under the bridge, literally. Um, the, uh, the mass that we uh, stream in the morning is uh, still mostly reaching our own parishioners. However, what we notice is that it also reaches families um, with children that normally would not, I think, go to church on a frequent basis. And the more we, the more we uh, speak to that demographic, so we've had two family masses, for instance, where part of the homily was directed to the children and their parents, that works. We get a lot of engagement on those masses. And so my pitch to the pastoral team is, we need to continue this. We need to consolidate this. This is a fruit of the, this terrible corona time. And we would be foolish to throw it away and pretend nothing happened. Because the alternative, going back to the way we did things before, is not a very viable alternative. Um, I had a discussion this morning or a talk with Inge uh, on, uh, on Skype. And she said, you know, the, so she, she's a psychologist. She says the, the, um, the issue is that People have been readjusting their habits 
big truck passing me by on the left. Now let me go to the right. The advantage of this kind of weather is that no problems, that I have no problem keeping social distancing intact because although <laughs> there is so much water on the on the path here, I need to step into the field. So the uh, biking path that I normally follow is submerged. Right now I'm in the meadow. This is normally where the cows would uh, would walk. And it's a little bit less watery here. Um, so people, after six weeks, new habits have established themselves and it will be just as hard to change the habits back to what they were before the corona times as it was for the people to change into this new routine. And that is very true, I think. Something that we still don't know what the consequences will be of. How many people will return to church? How many people will f- still feel connected? We've, we've, of course, reached people through streaming uh, our masses and having a talk with them after mass. But that's only a small minority of our regular parishioners. There are hundreds of parishioners, and I, I heard this from my colleagues in the pastoral team, that we just have lost track of. We don't know how they are. Um, we have no means of reaching them. Uh, partly because they're not very internet savvy and social media and email has become our main channel of communication Um, or also because they just moved on and well since the church was no longer an easy accessible thing to do or to be a part of well they just went elsewhere So, what will be the consequences for the future of our parishes? What will be the financial consequences of that? Also something that we shouldn't underestimate. That remains to be seen. What I do know is that what we have been able to build up is is generating engagement. It is generating, in some cases, even conversions. And uh, and is also uh, motivating people to, to, uh, to help out financially. So, I've been really impressed by the generosity of some people helping us to get equipment or or just you know support us and you know tell telling us whatever you think is the best that's up to you here's here's money do what you want with it i support what you do and keep keep doing it so i've been pitching that however the there is also resistance as you can imagine Wow, this is definitely one of the <laughs> watery, more watery episodes of the walk. I should call this the swim, because there is literally just a tiny little part of the path that I can still walk on. The rest is submerged in poodles of water. Uh-oh. Wait a minute, this may be... I need to jump to that side. We're talking a couple of inches of water. <laughs> Not just a little pool of water, but this is... You can put fishes in <laughs> in these pools. Anyway, uh, the resistance comes from, obviously, um, the locations, the church locations. They want to go back to normal. They are eager to have masses in their own church instead of having to watch things online. 
and also of my colleagues that do want to they they miss the the local contact with the people that they normally would meet during Sunday celebrations. And so there was a bit of pushback on my pitch to keep doing this. For this I'm now going to the left. There's this big lawn here surrounded by trees. Or I can continue a little bit more on this small path. I think I'm going to take this big lawn because it seems to be a bit drier than these smaller roads here. Um, so the... Uh, the resistance is also uh, understandable. It's like, well, we need to be able to... Now that we can open the churches, we need to go to the place that we have not reached for the past, you know, 11 weeks now? I, I, I lost count. Oh, wait. This is all mud. Let me go to the left here and step on the side here. There we go. Um, and so the, the temptation is to, to, to try to be everywhere at once all of a sudden. And to forget about the streaming. Also, uh, not everyone in, that is part of the pastoral team has an affinity for these streaming masses. Especially our pastor. So the priest in charge of the parish. He doesn't like it at all. Especially now that we've introduced these remote cameras. Normally, I would be behind camera, and, and apparently that helped because he was. He told me that that was who he was talking to. I had no idea. I was just filming, but apparently that gave him uh, at least the idea that he was talking to someone. Not that I was listening because I was focusing too much on on getting the shots right. But anyway, and and so last on on Pentecost, he had to preach directly to this little you know, R2-D2-like camera that was just sitting there all alone and the rest of the church being empty. So he does not really like that and if he could stop tomorrow, he would. So, uh, and then another uh, issue is that just recently, and this was a bit of a, uh, a surprise to me, they have chosen uh, a, a particular church as the new Eucharistic Center. I think I've explained this in the past. This is part of what my bishop sees as a solution to... Am I going to the right here? Yeah, let's just go to the right. Solution to the lack of priests is to make sure that in every parish there is at least one church where there is Mass every Sunday and uh, where the majority of the other sacraments are also celebrated. Uh, so that in at least parishioners who, who value Mass uh, can have that guarantee. They don't have to look first... Uh, you know, what kind of celebration is this going to be? Um, but they chose the Church of St. Martin's, uh, which is one of our biggest churches, to be the next, you know, the, the new Eucharistic Center. Um, whereas I, I kind of expected them to choose the, the St. Joseph's Church, from which we were streaming, because it's, uh, it's relatively small, it's in a, in a beautiful location, big garden, lots of facilities, and, very important, a very motivated core group of volunteers. We have the liturgy there is impeccable, and uh, the church is, frankly, big enough for most of the year. Uh, you know, right now, of course, during corona times, since it's not that big, you can only have about 45 people in there. 
whereas the bigger churches, like St. Martin's Church, can uh, host 100 people with uh, the necessary uh, distance between the parishioners. But of course, in, in reality, in uh, the church, you know, in normal times, the, the St. Joseph's Church would have been big enough because you rarely go beyond 200 parishioners in Mass, and there is, I think, 300 seats in the St. Joseph's Church, and more than 650 seats in St. Martin's Church, so that church will probably be empty for most of the year, or half empty. Anyway, so they made the decision to go with St. Martin's Church. The thing is, that impacts the availability of the priests, because they have to guarantee Mass there. Um they are uncertain if they can uh, still free up a priest to do the streaming masses on Sunday morning. And so they came with the idea, or at least the pastor uh, was like, well, maybe we can just uh, stream on Saturday evening. Um, Where I had to jump in and say, well, you know, that would not be a very smart thing because we've been able to test this out. And thankfully, with... uh, with streaming, you can see the numbers. You can see how people uh, use your content. And the Saturday evening uh, things that we've done have only reached a very limited crowd. And it didn't have that uptake later on in the week, which we do have with Sunday morning masses. So if you want to reach the parishioners that won't go to church, even when the rules are uh, loosened a bit because they're in the fragile demographics, you know, 670 plus, which is like 80% of our parishioners. If you want to continue to to offer them weekly mass, then you, you should not go to Saturday because they won't watch. We've tried it out. So I, I saw the conundrum. And so I've been thinking hard about, well, how can I solve this? Because I feel that this is definitely something that is important for the parish but even more even broader than that this is important for the church because we are um, leading the way in a certain way we're, we're showing how you can approach uh, in, you know streaming masses and, and building a, a digital community that is a real community not a virtual community but you can build a digital dimension of your church and we are I think on the forefront both in terms of what we can do technically. Um, I think our masses have great quality, um, but also we know social media. And when I say we, I mean Inga and me and Tridio and all the others that have been involved in building this up for the the past uh, period of time. And so I I believe that this is something uh, worth continuing and consolidating. So that's what I wrote down this morning when I sat down. I was like, okay, let's think out, outside of the box. This, is, this may be more important than just for this local parish. What if we adopt this, just as we, we do with uh, Mass for Geeks, um, by the, the organization, by Tridio as an organization, as a Catholic media organization? And um, in the Netherlands... I'm considered to be the, they call it the media priest, so someone who is a pastor or a shepherd, you could say, in the media. And, well, most of my ministry is definitely media-based. 
why don't I extend that to the Sundays or move it to, to the Sunday? Which usually was not part of that media uh, mission that I had. The, the weekends, I always considered them to be, in a way, media-free. In the sense that I was just a regular parish priest. And I felt that that was very fulfilling and nourishing. But now I feel that, well, this is... I've totally found my, my niche here. I, I, I've been, I think, able to try out new things and have a certain amount of success with it uh, in terms of helping people. I think this is just part of my of what I'm called to do. And so if, if we would adopt this, then it would it probably mean that we have to pitch this to the diocese and I need to talk with my bishop and uh, tell him what my ideas are and what, what I would like to do is I want to go beyond just streaming a parish mass. Uh, one of the things that I've learned in social media is the better you know your audience and the better you speak the language of your audience and and help them with what they are looking for specifically, the better the response will be, the better the engagement will be. And so, judging from the people that participate now, uh, I think there is definitely an opportunity here. Okay, I'm stuck again because of the water. I'm in the woods now. So, it's all very muddy. This is not a cobble stone road but it's all ugh. oh my gosh it's getting worse uh, okay ouch and then of course there's also these low hanging branches of the trees that I bump into with my umbrella a bit adventurous today uh, I think that we need to go for the families, <clears throat> the younger people. Uh, we've had many visitors, uh, digital visitors to our masses that say, well, I never go to mass. Uh, I don't feel welcome or it doesn't appeal to me. I, uh, I'm, I, I, for, for many reasons, become estranged to the Catholic community. But this, this is... In a certain way, it's anonymous. This is easy. I can watch this uh, from home. Nobody approaches me. <laughs> like, do, would you like to join a choir? Would you like to do this or that? I can just sit there. And even though I, I may have my doubts, this is touching me. And uh, in some cases, it has even reawakened the faith. Those are the people that I think you need to help more. And you can do this with this ministry better than you can do in a regular parish church because then you have to cater to everyone so you go for the oh this tree has fallen down huh interesting anyway uh, this was partially blocking my path <clears throat> the, uh, the 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 usual parish masses have their audiences and you cannot steer away from what they are used to. Uh, the biggest example is, of course, Mass for Geeks. I would never be able to have done that without the corona crisis. Because my parishioners wouldn't 
would not accept me talking about Star Wars or Harry Potter or The Simpsons. They don't even know what they are, what that is. So, um, but that, those are opportunities and possibilities that are opened by this new situation. I think, again, we, should, we would be stupid not to, uh, not to continue with that and build on those early fruits. Um, so, uh, the, what I want to propose, and of course I, it's still going to be, I think, quite, quite a discussion. What I would like to do is to get permission to continue these masses, uh, both on Sunday morning and on Sunday evening, for these new audiences, partially new audiences, and, uh, and build, continue building this digital dimension of our of our church and maybe make it national and with mass for geeks it's already international uh i think there is there is a huge future for that and this is a there is a demand that cannot be catered to if we go back to our traditional forms of uh, of worship well the 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 forms of worship are very traditional it's just the participation is unconventional and then, of course, that would always give us the opportunity to lead people to their local communities. And it's usually what happens. If people get to know each other, they want to meet. So it's not either or. I think it is both and. So anyway, that's, that's going to be my pitch. What I came up with was, what if... <clears throat> you know, I want to stay available for my parish, of course. And that, that's one of the reasons that we moved Mass for Geeks to Sunday evening, local time. So that way it won't weigh on the parish life. But for the streaming masses, I would say, free me up for that one. And then I'm still available on Saturday evening and on Sunday morning for the second mass. So I'd still be able to celebrate two masses for the parish, just as I used to do in the past. So it's a small trade-off. And then um, I would like to bring this concept that we've developed uh, for children uh, you may have seen this if you follow me on social media I posted a few of those videos even though they are in Dutch posted them on my Facebook page they're little uh, like 10 minute Sesame Street like shows where uh, a bunch of animals just stuffed animals have a conversation about the gospel of that weekend learn something and uh, apply it to their lives and uh, it was written with a lot of humor um, we did all the voices and everything it was filmed with very very low budget means but it worked and we've had many children asking for more and uh, because of you know, just so much, so much other stuff on my mind couldn't immediately continue the series but we've been working on developing this idea into something a little bit more consistent and try to find funding for it what I now think we could do is to start every Sunday with 10 minutes with the children. Uh, children here, are un, uh, the um, primary st- school age, they can gather. They don't have to keep social distancing because apparently the risks of contamination are very, very low, almost non-existent. So we could gather the children in part of the church, like in the chapel, um, and do a live show with the stuffed animals, have a puppeteer come in, have a little conversation with the kids or with the, maybe with the priest also. We had one mass where 
we we had a small conversation. It was a family mass um, about the mystery of God. That was a real question that was sent in through WhatsApp from from a nine year old girl. She asked, "What is what is the secret of God?" Or what's I don't know what the question was. Very very mature question for such a small kid. And then um, there was this conversation between the, a puppet of a of a monkey. Uh, it was Monkey Luigi and uh, Father Mauricio, who is uh, this Colombian missionary that works in our parishes. And so they had an altercation, a conversation. That was, I think, very a very theological discussion, but, but in language that kids can understand. And it was a massive hit. People loved it. And so I was thinking, well, what if we take that concept and have a little, you know... Uh, small conversation maybe read the gospel uh, for kids and then have a small you know live discussion between the priest and and a couple of these stuffed animals that would probably work really well and then the children can go to their own liturgy um, where whereas their parents can sit in the church in the meantime and then we can start mass make mass a little bit shorter like 45 minutes and also aim at the people that are maybe not so familiar with Mass, can be re-educated, give it a bit more of an educational tone, um, focus more on prayer, on beauty, and less on words. <laughs> um, there, are, there are things that I would love to experiment with, and then that way we would have one hour, just like any other Mass, but we would reach two audiences. Children's audience, because those conversations... Uh, here's a farm with a dog, and the dog does not know what podcasting is. Hey, buddy! Hi! Hi! Yeah! He's wagging his tail, so he's, he's kind of intrigued. There you have it. I can't translate, but this could very well be a theological conversation. <laughs> so um, the, the, the 10 minutes for children is, of course, part of the... would be part of the stream. Oh, there you go. We found it the other side of the house. Um, it could also be used to reach other children at home or families. And I've, we've had feedback from parents that say, our children watch these five, I think we made five videos with the animals. They watched them over and over and over again. We're like, wow. <laughs> children in that respect are very different from adults. Um, content is very um, timeless for them. And even if we, we, cater, we um, focus more on, the, let's say, the gospel of the week, the fact that it is like a little play with stuffed animals, and it's funny, that will give them a reason to re-watch those videos. So imagine the impact of the content. If you prepare this well, how much that can educate children. It stopped raining, didn't it? It did. Wow. There's even a bit of sunshine now. At least I feel the sun. I guess the layer of clouds is getting thinner. Immediately starts warming up. It was pretty cold when I left. Um, so I think very, very good reasons to continue this. 
and to bundle some of these ideas into one, one pitch in a certain way. And in addition to that, I had a second idea for Mass for Geeks. And if you've, if you've watched uh, part of, those, uh, of that initiative, um, I'm thinking this, is, this definitely strikes a chord with people. Um, using modern metaphors in a certain way, talking about Star Wars or The Simpsons or Pixar movies, and then combining that and helping, using that as, to help understand the gospel, the message of the gospel, is something that works. And, you know, the contents or the final conclusions of my homily are not that different from what I would preach in a parish, in, in regular uh, masses, but it's because of the packaging and the mental image that people have when you talk about these franchises that they're familiar with. I think helps. It bridges, it bridges a cultural gap, I think. So I was thinking, what if... We, we currently stream that Mass at 7 p.m. The reason is that mostly on Saturdays, when we have Sundays, uh, the eve of Sunday uh, Mass, that's always at 7 o'clock. People here in the Netherlands eat uh, usually around 5.30, very early. And so that, would, that is a kind of a normal time for people to do something else. So 7 o'clock, we went with 7 o'clock. The thing is, we have a lot of North American viewers. And in North America, if you're on the East Coast, 7 o'clock is 1 p.m. That's lunchtime. For most people, half of the Sunday is already gone. And uh, especially for those that are still kind of in quarantine or don't want to go to or can't go to their churches, um, I think... One o'clock may be a little bit too late. Uh, of course, for the West Coast, it's different. Because that's, uh, what is it, three, three more hours of difference. So that's like a nine-hour time difference with the Netherlands. So it would be 10 o'clock in the morning. So that would be a regular time for people from California, etc. <clears throat> but what if we would move it two hours earlier? I know this is always a risk to change the time, but hear me out. What if we would celebrate Mass here at 7 o'clock, or at 17 hours, so that would be 5 o'clock in the afternoon, before dinner? That would mean that it is 11 o'clock on the East Coast. That is a... Oops. Wow. I forgot about the trees. If there's a bit of wind, the residual water rains down. Okay putting up my umbrella again. Oh, this young bull is very curious. He's coming around. Hey, buddy. Oh, there are three... <laughs> three bulls that are now approaching me. They're behind a fence, so I'm not that worried. There's one brown one and then two black and, and white ones. And they're still young and curious, you can tell. They're like, oh, hey, what are you doing? What, what are you talking to me? Hey, buddy. <laughs> it's, I said, hey, buddy, and he was like, like a dog is jumping away. <laughs> like, huh? he talked to me. He was talking to me. Did you hear that? He was talking to me. What did he say? I don't understand. It's this strange human language. They're so weird, these humans. They make these weird sounds and they do weird things instead of eating grass like we do. Anyway. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, what was I saying? I was a little bit distracted there. <laughs> Um, the the advantage of of moving it to let's say eleven in the morning uh, 
East Coast, and then that would be 8 o'clock West Coast. That's very early. Well, very early. It's early. But it's still feasible. You can still watch it if you want to. Um, it would enable us to free up some time after Mass. Normally we can't do that because, you know, Mass takes until, what is it, 8.15? And then we wrap things up. And before, we always stay and talk a little bit with the volunteers. So then the evening is over. But what if we, if we move it earlier? I would like to do something that we've done for our usual masses in the morning. And that is we follow it up with what we call a digital cup of coffee, where um, I interview the pastor and sometimes other volunteers that are there. And we have a little conversation in the garden while drinking a cup of coffee. And people love that community aspect of it. This is something that I didn't, nobody thought of. It, when, when I look at other streams, it's always like Mass has ended, you hear the bell, and then the stream is done. We always did a conversation, like a post-conversation, like you would have in church. When you, when you go out, or you, you go to a, a gathering room, or you drink a cup of coffee, or you, you stay and you, you, know, you, you walk out of the church, there's always a conversation. And so, what if I would do the same with evening mass, with mass for geeks, and we would call it digital pizza. And during the digital pizza, it's not just a random conversation, but we would combine that with a guest and with a talk. So a little bit like what Theology on Tap is doing. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. That is a very popular format in North America. I also saw it in Australia and New Zealand. Theology on Tap is where uh, young people gather in the evening in a bar and they have a drink and there is someone who has a talk but it is in this very informal cozy setting and sometimes these crowds can be pretty big I've been in Sydney uh, during one of those theology on taps and I think there were like 150 people so it's a, it's a proven concept especially if you do this for, for an, an international audience but what if what if after mass for geeks I take a geeky topic and do a talk like I do normally in my shows. So my immediate idea was what if we do digital pizza after mass and this month, month of June, is going to be Star Wars month. And I, I sit down, maybe sometimes, sometimes with a guest or I can do it by myself. I have a, have a pizza, share it with the people that are there. And I, I finally dive into the Star Wars movies for real and, and, and kind of spell out the <laughs> religious connotations and my own experience with Star Wars. Go through the movies like that. You know, do one Sunday, perhaps maybe this upcoming Sunday, talk about uh, the prequels, then followed by the original trilogy, then uh, another evening about the sequels, and then do another one about the expanded universe or uh, the television series, the Clone Wars. Rebel, uh, Star Wars Rebels, stuff like that, and just and especially if you would have a guest, how awesome would that be to have these geeky conversations that are still faith related, following this mass and in a format that is community building. Everyone likes a pizza, right? And it's easy. It it doesn't require much preparation. It doesn't even require cooking. You just have to order a pizza and share it and have a conversation about Star Wars 
and maybe next month it will be about about I don't know the Hobbit and Catholicism or or Harry Potter or Star Trek and moral themes there's the the opportunities are there and the topics I think are are, are limitless and I, I I don't know of course I we would have to try this out to see if it works but I bet you that if we would isolate that pizza talk into a separate video put it up on YouTube I bet you people would watch it <laughs> I think it totally would work so that was all in my mind when I woke up this morning so I started writing down this long document and then two hours later I'm still in my pajamas in front of my computer and Inge is Skyping me like uh, do we have our work call today? <laughs> like uh, give me a minute <laughs> so anyway uh that that those are two I had another another brain wave this morning and well actually I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks now but I finally it finally all clicked in place and this has to do with a, a game that I'm playing uh you heard me talk about it um Animal Crossing New Horizons it's uh for those of you that have never seen it it's a Nintendo game um I bought a Switch specifically for this game The reason being that I wanted to do a show within that world. I'd seen that with Star Wars writer Gary Witta, who does a late-night talk show, build his own virtual studio and, and has guests. And it is set up like a real high-profile late-night talk show. And it is hugely popular. Started, of course, at the right time. It was a fantastic idea. And I was like, well, that inspires me. I would... I'm At first, I was like... I cannot copy this, it's too good, and, you know, mine would just be a rip-off. But then I'm thinking, well, but I can take the idea and do something with it, and maybe um, do something different with it. So, I started building this island, and I had a help from a number of my listeners, a number of my YouTube followers that also play the game. They sent me stuff, they helped me build my house, gather materials, uh, uh, it... I couldn't have done it without them and then oftentimes and that's the kind of the fun thing it's a very social game people can visit me on my island and you can send each other messages but of course the way Gary Witta does it he connects via voice chat on Discord and then you, so you see the avatars in the game but you hear very good quality audio via Discord that's how he does his show so I was thinking I'm going to build numerous rooms and I'm going to produce a show or I, I was like am I going to just do my podcast in there thinking well maybe not that the podcast format I've tried to tweak it for years and it always comes back to what it used to be um, so I think in order to do this well I need to do something that is different that is new um, and apart from the podcast there will be some overlap probably because well there's me And there is the topics that I'm interested in. But this could be a guest-driven show. But my initial idea was to invite people that also have a Nintendo Switch and also have this game and then invite them and have a conversation or do an interview. But mm, I know a lot of people that don't play this game, but I would still like to interview. So how can they sit in my studio in Animal Crossing and I'm thinking well I'm just going to build a podcast studio next to my TV studio so that's what I did I created a small podcasting studio which has a microphone 
for me as the host, and it has a telephone. So I can call people up and interview them in the same way I would do if I would do an interview-based podcast. But there's, of course, this cute image of, you know, this little digital copy of me or this avatar sitting there, and I made my, my own uh, clerical attire. You can design your own clothes, so now I'm actually wearing, you know, black and, and a Roman collar and everything. Uh, I can sit at my desk and have this conversation and then move on to the next guest who may be live on the island and invite that person to sit on the couch or in the chair in, in the TV studio. Um, so, so many, I like, all of a sudden everything was bubbling uh, with energy and, and creativity. I'm thinking, well, the third, I want to have a third room. I need to have a chapel. That is something that, that Gary Widda doesn't have because he's just doing a, a late night talk show. Um, but I'm a priest. So, of course, a priest needs to have a chapel. So I built myself a church. And I was super lucky because this week um, there was a new event in Animal Crossing New Horizons, which was a wedding event. Of course, the June is traditionally the month for, for weddings. Not so much in Corona times, I have to say. Most of these weddings have been postponed. But anyway, so you go to... Uh, to a separate island and you're asked to be a wedding photographer uh, for a couple of animals and you have to arrange a chapel in one of those tasks and in return when you do a good job they will give you benches church benches and a table that could you know double as an altar you even get a church organ and you get a fantastic backdrop of church windows gothic church windows and so I played that, that for the past, past couple of days and gathered enough stuff to build my own church. And it looks gorgeous. Like, oh my gosh, this is the first game I've ever played in which I can, in a certain way, recreate an avatar uh, version of my, of my real world. And so I think I'm going to do a Sunday show. This is going to be a Sunday talk show. And... Instead of just filming it in one location on my island, like Gary Weta does with his uh, late night show, I'm going to take people to various parts of my island and I'm going to build sets based on the topic. So I have a kitchen in my house. I can do a food segment. There's a train. That's the only thing you don't have on the island, although I do have train tracks. But uh, I, can, I can build a, a nice... Uh, I would put up a table and two chairs and have a conversation with a guest about food in, in a kitchen, in a set that looks like a kitchen. I would never be able to do that in my, in my own home or studio. We've done a few kitchen shows last year, but it was so complicated and so time-consuming and expensive that we stopped doing that. Here in Animal Crossing, it's simple because everything is digital and easy to build and easy to change as well. So I am like, whoa, this could be a massive, uh, well, massive success. I mean, I would watch it. That's always my criteria, criteria. Would I listen to it? Would I watch it? If not, then you probably shouldn't do it. It's kind of how I look at uh, uh, our practices in, in church as well. Oftentimes, pre-corona times. I was celebrating Mass in one of those 
small parish churches, remnants of the past, with only 20 people on a Sunday morning, half of which is part of the choir. And everything is cringeworthy. The liturgy is so-so. They, this is, you know, some of these locations are in the new parish where, well, in, in, my, in my existing parish I've been able to form people and so liturgy is, is, is pretty okay. But uh, now sometimes I'm sent to places where they have their own habits and not all of them are, uh, <laughs> are legitimate. Let's put it that way. But anyway, I'm, I'm sitting there and a the, 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 the couple of older people trying to sing songs and it's all out of tune and it's these old melodies that we've heard time and again and it's, uh, and I'm thinking would I ever go to this church if I wasn't a priest and I wasn't sent here and asked to do this no I would not I would rather travel 30 miles to have a decent mass and to be in this church well why do we continue doing that then of course I'm not the only criterion I think for if something is worth doing or not but still it is it is a sign that you have to re rethink what you're doing if you I'm I'm a priest this is my full-time day and night work life if I can't stand it what about normal people that maybe never go to church if they would step into one of those liturgies they would run away and never come back it's time to make changes and if we don't change, we'll perish. I believe that. And now I feel that there is a opportunity, because of Corona, to reboot in a certain way. To do like a fresh install of, 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 the, core, of, of the core of the Catholic faith. And if we try to protect the past just because we feel uncomfortable with the future then we're going to lose. We're going to lose everything. Whereas if we embrace the future because we love the past and we have confidence that God is with us also tomorrow and in years and maybe centuries to come, or maybe, certainly for centuries to come, then why would we be afraid to make changes? This is an opportunity. This is a gift in a certain way. Um... And it's not, of course, corona, the virus, the misery, that in itself is not a gift of God. It is, in a certain way, it's a tragic nature of our world that is still broken. But God can turn a terrible situation into a situation of opportunity uh, where he can build up something new, just like he did, you know, at Noah's Ark when the world was submerged Everything seemed to be perish, to, to be perishing. God started anew. And he created a new family and a new community and a new world in a certain way. He can always do that. He, can, he, he is doing that right now. And we, we, would, we would be foolish not to go along. That is why this morning was exciting. And I feel energized and I wanted to share this with you. And I'm sure that you will see the fruits of this... Uh, uh, all this creativity in the near future. What it means specifically is that uh, Mass for Geeks will move already this Sunday 
to 5 o'clock Central European time, which means, again, 11 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Western time. And it will be Fallout. This is going to be weird for the people in the US that are watching this while they're having their breakfast, but it's going to be followed by... Well, actually, for the East Coast, it would be lunch. So pizza would go well, but it's followed by digital pizza and Star Wars conversations. I'll still need to come up with a good name for it. Wow, what are they doing there? It's a big truck with a... Uh, is this for garbage collecting? No, it is not. I think they're uh, moving concrete walls and, I don't know, lowering them into a garden there. So I'll have to take a detour because they're blocking the entire road to the rectory. So it will be uh, uh, Star Wars for the next couple of weeks and I'm looking forward to it. Of course I need to prepare. That's the only potential... Uh, problem of all these plans it requires time and I need to find uh, well, I don't need to find time, I need to restructure my time so that this can be done and it will mean changing some other plans, but why not? That, that, that if I feel called to something, I want to give it a try and we can always revert later on if it doesn't work but if you don't try, you don't learn so that is what I'm uh, going to do on, on Sunday. I'm going to experiment with the uh, talk show, uh, with the uh, Animal Crossing uh, thing. I probably need to do some test runs, so maybe I'll appeal to my uh, Patreon uh, supporters because they have access to the Discord server. Discord is a, it's a communications platform, and so if you sign up to become a patron, you, you will get access to that Discord server. It, it takes a bit of a... Uh, it takes a few minutes to set it up, and so not every patron already has figured out how to do that and still needs to write a manual for that. It's not its not hard, but a lot of people are in, unfamiliar with it. But uh, there is a small growing community on Discord there. Maybe I can lure some people in to try helping me test this uh, concept out, especially the whole audio component of it. It's going to be important. And uh, and I need to go search search. You know, interesting guests that do play Animal Crossing and have a story to tell. So if you know of any, let me know. Um, yeah, of course I would love to have Elijah Wood on my show, just as he appeared on Gary Witta's show. But uh, something tells me that uh, that is probably not going to happen anytime soon. So, if you know anyone who plays Animal Crossing and would enjoy being on the show and has the same kind of areas of interest that I have... By all means, let me know. Um, I need to do some crowdsourcing for this. Because uh, I'm new to this game as well. And if you are willing to be on the show and are willing to figure out how that works in Animal Crossing or get yourself a Switch, by all means, let me know as well. I, I've been doing this for two weeks now, so I know how to set up your island and get going quickly. Well, that, that wraps it up for this episode. I am back at St. Joseph Church. Please pray for all these projects uh, that ultimately, as always, God's will be done, not just my ideas come to fruition, although I have a feeling that this is, this is also a bit inspired. At least I hope so. So if that is the case, then I, 
hope you will pray with me that the solutions will will follow because there are still quite a few hmm hiccups I think in the process until we're there but uh, we've come along we've come a long way over the past 11 weeks so no reason to despair all the more reason to hope thanks for listening thanks if you are a supporter if you're not and you would like to help me out uh, take a look at patreon.com slash father roderick got a whole bunch of people that are supporting me just for 250 per month that is even in corona times probably feasible and a lot of small amounts make a huge support so again patreon.com slash father roderick thanks for listening talk to you soon god bless